Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Puck Off. I've got another great guest filling in for my co-host, Andrew, today. Uh, today, I am joined by Steve Forney, the PA voice announcer for the Springfield Thunderbirds of the American Hockey League. Uh, I've also worked with him previously with uh, the Black and Gold, where uh, my show previously was on before here on the Hockey Podcast Network. So uh, welcome, Steve. Thanks so much again for jumping on. Um, it's funny because my last guest, Devin and I, we ended our show with talking about how people need to go enjoy the AHL more. And I mean, obviously working the American hockey league, you're, you're right there in the thick of it. Give us your, your first thoughts on the league. We'll start with that. Well, Chris, I appreciate you, uh, inviting me. This is, uh, this is great. And, you know, stepping out outside of our own Thunderbirds podcast, uh, zone and being a guest for once, it's kind of cool. So I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I've always been a fan of, uh, those that don't get talked about. Like I love the AHL, my other PA announcing gigs with the WNBA, which n- nobody watches, unfortunately, cause it's a great league and it's a great brand of basketball. Um, but, uh, you know, to me, the AHL is awesome because, um, it's less predictable and it's more, um, there's more to offer the fans, I think, than the NHL game. Um, when I worked for the Bruins and IPA announced for the, for the Bruins in Boston for two and a half, three seasons and counting the pandemic there. And the, the people that go, anybody who goes to a Bruins game, it's expensive. You go to one Bruins game and you bring your family. Like that's, that's it for the average person. Like you, you, you know, the AHL, whether it's Providence, Bridgeport, Hartford, Springfield, um, it's the kind of thing that you can get your family invested in. And, you know, I have two kids that are under the age of, of six and, and it's the kind of thing where you can get your family invested. And, you know, when I was growing up in the Springfield area, I had my birthday parties at Springfield Falcons games. And now I can kind of bring my kids to these games and I can, when they come, I can bring them down to the booth with me and, put them on the fan bony and do all this other kind of cool stuff. So it's, it's more um, family friendly, more laid back. Um, And depending on the arena, it can be a little bit more intense, quite frankly. I mean, I don't know when I go to, when I was working Bruins games, it was like the, you scan across the, the crowd and it's just like, you know, the guy who got tickets comped from his boss. So he's still in like his dress shirt, but then he bought a Jersey at the pro shop. So he's got the Jersey, Cause he's got 150 bucks to blow. So he buys the Jersey and puts it over the, the, the dress shirt. You know, it's like, those are who's going to Bruins games. See, Whereas these are not sticking out. Yeah, the, exactly. Right? But they put the collar of the shirt over the, you know, and, and so that's sort of the, sadly that a lot of cases is the NHL fan nowadays. Cause that's who can afford to go. Whereas the AHL is a little bit more rowdy because it's Friday, Saturday night. It's the thing to do. And you're getting more of your average Joes. And those are the kind of people that I think are more invested in the product. So um, I love the league. I love uh, uh, I love the, the the product that we have here in Springfield, not just on the ice, but what brings people in, you know, the the, the extra stuff and the, you know, the concessions and the, you know, um, specialty jerseys and the, you know, the, the NHL doesn't do teddy bear tosses because they don't need to, you know what I mean? Okay. Whereas... Whereas the the AHL uh, invites that kind of thing, and and that's what I think makes the league so great. Creative thinking, and you know, to your point, like I brought my girlfriend to the game uh, on Friday. I think between 
the tickets and parking. And I mean, you know, we ate before we went because we went uh, right after we got out of work. So it was a little easier to make a stop along the way. But I think we might have been out like 80, 100 bucks for two of us. Like, and we were right at center ice, not right down low, but like the the perfect height at center ice too. you know, the the front end of that balcony. Obviously, if you're not familiar with the uh, Mass Mutual Center in Springfield, look it up. But like for a hundred bucks for two people to go, you know, gas and all that stuff, that's reasonable. Yep. Like you said, I, I don't have a, a $150,000 a year job that I can just drop 150 bucks on a jersey at a whim because I got free tickets and there we go. But it, and to your point, uh, the unpredictability, I mean, there are guys like Chicago has Rocco Grimaldi who's trying to make his way. He, he was a Nashville prospect for quite some time. He's fighting his way up, he's playing well, but then. Ontario, you got Brant Clark, who just got called up by the LA Kings. Um, Providence, Georgie Merkulov, he he's come through. I mean, the Providence Bruins have notoriously pumped out, you know, Bruin after Bruin after Bruin, or NHL talent, we'll say, after NHL talent. But, I mean, and then you get the special guys like Logan Stankoven down in Texas right now. He is lighting up the American Hockey League. Yeah. Amazing. And, um... Buffalo has your uh, Yuri Kulich in their system. Like where else are you going to see Logan Stankoven and Yuri Kulich for less than 50 bucks? Yeah. Right. Right. And it's, yeah. and it's cool too. Like, like when I look back on the guys, whether it's the guys I've seen here in Springfield, I mean, um, Charlie McAvoy's first pro game was in Springfield. Um, I, I've seen Pasternak down here, Jake Gensel, um, uh, Jared McCann was a Thunderbird. Owen Tippett was a Thunderbird. Sam Montembeau in, in, in Montreal was a Thunderbird. So it's like, I don't know, you, you, there's something satisfying. It's like a, uh, it's like a proud dad feeling when you see these guys, you know, kind of advance their careers and go to the NHL and do a really nice job. And I mean, Mackenzie Weger, Devon Taves. I mean, these are all guys we've seen here in, in Springfield. And there, there's, I, I'm not like a college football guy, Despite my Michigan Wolverines hat, go Wolverines, national champions. But um, I can understand that feeling of like when you see your favorite college football player take off in the NFL, it's kind of that same feeling as an AHL fan where you see these guys, you know, really advance their careers. And it, yeah, it makes you feel good. It's kind of cool. So, and, and you're and right, a hundred bucks won't even buy you a ticket in, in the garden. You no, know? I think it's half. I think that's half, and that doesn't include the fee. So, yeah, right, right. <laughs> less than half. But, and then you have other guys like, in Springfield, you guys have Malcolm Subban, like former Bruins prospect. Well, I think he was a top 20, top 15 draft pick. Yeah. Back in the day. Maybe, maybe too high, but yeah, either way. Bit, but like, I mean, he looked really, really good till he took a puck to the throat and never looked the same. But I mean, you look at his numbers right now. He looks like he could be a viable option for a St. Louis call-up if they needed help in goal. And there's a lot of teams out there right now that need goaltending help that, you know, where's the help going to come from? I mean, the American Hockey League is not a bad place to start for looking. Right, right. And and St. Louis is in uh, – Springfield's the affiliate for St. Louis – um, and you know, they're in an interesting spot too, because they're kind of on the cusp here. It's like if the trade deadline was tomorrow, I don't know if they would be buyers or sellers. Like I really don't. And one of the actual issues we have down here is that 
St. Louis fired Craig Berube and their interim head coach was our head coach, Drew Bannister. And since Bannister went up, I think they're like seven, three and one. And since he left us, uh, we're four, four and three. So I, was say, I remember you mentioning that on, you mentioned the, the Thunderbirds podcast and I was listening to that earlier today. And it, it is funny how they don't just look for players. The coaches come up through the system too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of cool. The, the Providence game the other night, uh, we had Chris Thorburn on our bench who I, lo- I was like, why is Chris Thorburn here? Well, he's in player development. And then I looked at the Providence bench and Adam McQuaid's behind the bench, you know? So it was, you know, you, you, you are able to develop coaches just as well as anybody else um, down here at that level. And, and uh, broadcasters, I mean, PA announcers, uh, sales staff. I mean, everybody sort of is able to, to, to fine tune their craft down here at this level and the amount of guys in sales and photography and videography that have advanced to the next level. Peter Bettini was a great guy here. He's now the head photographer for the Islanders. So it's like, you know, China Wong is one of the best photographers the Bruins have. She started down here. So, um, you know, the, it encompasses more than just what happens on the ice. Absolutely. But to the on ice, um, product i guess we'll call it sure uh right right now the uh the thunderbirds are what sixth place in in the division so kind of in that needs improvement category we'll say um but it, it sounds like one of the biggest turning points was when drew banister got called up to replace craig baruby on the big league bench so is that something that you know just starting from the bench and working our way outwards what are what are you seeing day to day different in the team amongst the players that maybe a coaching change like i mean i'm i'm he's still interim up there so you don't even know if he's coming back yeah and and the crazy thing is they are in six but there's i think five points between them and third so this division is is notoriously hard it's notoriously close um it, it's it's weird i don't know I don't know if I can exactly put my finger on it, but I mean, as a teacher, it's like if everybody's working and I'm there in the room, everybody's working. If I leave for two seconds, chaos ensues. Yep. You know what I mean? I teach these are high school kids that I teach. So it's like, um, uh, to me, the biggest issue they've had over this stretch is protecting the front of the net. I think both of these goalies and, and Malcolm in particular is really technically sound. He's always in the right place at the right time, but he does let up a lot of rebounds and yeah, I remember that. As, about yeah. And as somebody who, you know, f- from our end, we have all these different sponsor reads that we have to get through every time there's a whistle, whenever he's in net, we never get any whistles because he can't, he never actually ices the puck and gets a whistle. So like, we're always scrambling when he starts the third period rolls around. We still have reads from the first period to get to, cause we haven't had a chance to get there. So, um, when your defense isn't there on the doorstep, ready to clear pucks, that's when you get your second chance rebounds, your second chance goals, or just the offense maintains puck possession in your zone. So um, to me, it's really been on the back end and, you know, they've had some, some, some changes. Matt Kessel was steady. He got pulled up, you know, Leo Loof started the season really good. I think he's maybe 20 years old, uh, a first year AHLer, and he's, he's sort of, you know, struggled a little bit. So um, to me, the big thing is on the back end. And um, the other thing that I think was true, even when Drew Bannister was here, is that for the first time in my time being here, they don't have that one guy that when you need a big hit, when you need a big fight, 
when you need somebody to face wash somebody else and say, Hey, this is our, this is our ice and you're not going to do X, Y, and Z. They don't really have that. And so, you know, talk about the AHL product. I think every team kind of needs that when Dylan McElrath is in town with Hershey and he's six, four, and he, you know, you know, he's not a dirty player, but if he knows that you don't have anybody on your roster to take him on, he's going to do whatever he wants. Right. So um, I, I think, physicality has sort of been the biggest issue from this team. And, you know, it's amazing how often a fight changes the course of the game or even just a big hit changes the course of a game or making a big hit and then drawing the other team into a penalty. And then you score on the power play and bam, you're in business, you know, um, the crowd getting back involved. Sometimes it's not even big hits. It's loud hits. You know, we had Bobby Farnham here and sometimes he'd miss a hit, but he would make sure to slam a stick on the glass. So it was loud. So the crowd would go nuts. And now everybody's back into the game. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there's just a, a lacking that sort of physicality, but yeah, since drew left, it's been a coach banister since he's left. It's been um, really in the defensive end of the zone and they've, they've fallen behind a lot. Uh, there's been, I think three games where they've come back from three goals down, but you can't do that every night. And I think six out of the last seven games they've gone down and as we record here on Wednesday night, I was just checking out the first period. They're playing tonight against Bridgeport. They're already down two to one. So, you know, starting periods, starting games has been sort of an issue. And and hopefully they can figure it out here over the next little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's still, you know, obviously plenty of season left for both AHL and NHL. It's funny, though, that you mentioned the power play because, you know, and I know that you're obviously still a fan of the Bruins, even though, you know, you, you work for the the Thunderbirds so but just watching their game against the Coyotes the other night like up and down physical uh you watch Liam O'Brien get into that fight with Trent Frederick and it just changes things and then he gets the penalty and it keeps the Bruins right into it and I mean that that building sounded like a home game for Boston yeah at the time but that's the type of thing that you know because Frederick dropped the gloves any Bruins fan in the building is going to get riled up by it and and the fact that O'Brien got the extra two minutes and I mean he really did jump him, but that's beside the point. Yeah, uh, you know probably should have got the other ten, but we'll talk. That that's a different topic. Should have been, yeah. It definitely should have uh, been a, a two five and ten. Two five and ten. Um, but it just that's the type of thing that you're talking about where that put Boston on the power play, put them right back in it, and they were able to hang around. Obviously, they ultimately ended up losing, but. You know, there's uh there's there's a little bit more to that rest of that game, but um some of the names that you guys have down in in Springfield, I'm sure stick standing out to you. You've probably seen them for a couple years now. It, I'll defer to you on on some of the guys that maybe you wish we could see called up to St. Louis. If they were called up, they'd be able to contribute. Who's kind of got that all around game? Who, who are some of the ones, uh, at least specifically in Springfield, that uh, that we can kind of keep an eye out for? Because they won't they won't necessarily stay in Springfield if they're ready. They'll they'll get dealt around and they'll sign elsewhere in the in the off season. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and and again, St. Louis has been in kind of a, a dire straits to to kick off the season. Um, they actually sent down uh, Jacob Verana, who has been an, an NHLer and making NHL money for years. And the send down was 
uh, had some mixed emotions from Blues fans. Um, now he was only down here for five ish games, and I think he averaged a point for get point per game. Nikita Al- and then got called back up. Uh, Nikita Alexandrov just got sent down. Been kind of invisible in the first couple games that he's been down. And then Nathan Walker, who played all last season on the Blues roster, started this year in Springfield. And he, not only did he just get called up, but I think yesterday uh, signed a brand new two year contract on a one year deal. So he, on a one way deal. So he's pretty much not coming back. So, um, you know, it, it, it's they're in a, a weird spot where they have the guys that are the top NHL prospects are still way too young. Um, Zach Bolduc is 20. Zach Dean just turned 20. Leo Loof just turned 20. Vadim Zarenko, the goaltender, is under 20, 23, 24 years old. So those guys aren't ready. The nice thing is, is that they are surrounded by guys who are your steady AHL veterans. And, and Matthew Pekka um, has, is the captain. He's been a real leader. Will Bitten is one of those players that I don't think will ever make the show. I'm not sure, but you're solid bona fide AHL guy. Um, you know, so it's, to me, the only guy that I think would really get that call up and, and, and earn it is, is uh, Adam Gaudet, who is, I believe if not tied or leading maybe one behind in the AHL goal race and just got announced as a, um, as an all-star for the AHL all-star team. So, but he's gotten those looks. I mean, he's been up on AHL rosters. I think he was there in, in Ottawa, uh, I believe he was there in, in Toronto. He played a couple games up for the Maple Leafs. So he's been up and down. He's probably the guy that most deserves it. But again, he's your tw- he's your 29-year-old tweener. You know what I mean? He's not like your 20-year-old prospect. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I- I'm interested to see, you know, they uh, Jimmy Snuggaroo is the top prospect. He just blew the doors off of the world junior championship. He's at the university of Minnesota. I imagine he even skips. He might just skip the AHL altogether when the time's right and go right to the NHL. So um, I I think what they're really looking for down here is for guys like Zach Bolduc to start cooking guys like Zach Dean. In fact, tonight for the first time, Bolduc is on the top line with Pekka and Gaudet. So it's almost like, it's like, all right, fella, how do we get this guy going? Like we need him to start really producing some points. Um, he's sort of the top prospect in terms of the forwards and, um, and he's fun to watch, but it kind of comes in flashes and, you know, the AHL season's a grind, man. It's, it's different than juniors. It's different than college. Um, you know, you're 20 and you're playing against grown men, you know, and how do you adjust to that? And a guy like Fabian Lizell is, is a guy who I think took a little while to get used to the speed and the physicality. And now I think from what I've seen the last couple of games against Providence, man, that, that guy is not shying away from anything that the AHL has to offer, you know, and I think that's the step that they're looking for guys like Bolduc and Zach Dean to take. And, um, you know, Zach Dean came over in the trade for Oscar Sunquist that St. Louis made with Vegas. Um, God, that came over in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. So they're guys that they're invested in. Um, the other interesting thing here in Springfield is that obviously Chicago doesn't have an affiliate. They broke their affiliate agreement with the Charlotte checkers. So I'm sorry, with the um, Carolina hurricanes, so, so we actually have like our best defenseman is Dylan Coglin, who's not even our property. He's actually right. uh, part of the Carolina organization playing here almost as a hired gun. So, I mean, he definitely deserves that call up. I don't, I don't follow Carolina closely. I don't know what their situation's like on the back end, but 
You want to talk about a solid defenseman that has no problem scoring, great passer, always in the right spot. You know, if Dylan Coughlin got called up to Carolina and produced, you know, that would that put a smile on my face. But um, he's he is sort of the the ideal, you know, 24, 25 year old guy right on the cusp, ready to make the jump. And he's not even part of our organization. So. Right. The, the ideal guy that you're looking for. But it, it and it's funny that you mentioned that because you, you have your your four A guys, your veteran AHL pros, if you will. Like you said, Adam Gaudet. Um, you said he's on the top line, you know, you'd like to see him kind of take some of those younger guys, quote unquote, as they say, under his wing, show them, this is how, how things are done at this level. This is how things are done at the next level. This is where we're trying to all be at. And, and, you know, a rising tide raises all boats, as they say, that's hope. But, you know, I, I mean, it, I can only imagine that it gets kind of awkward when it's like, we're all trying to get called up to St. Louis. And then this one other guy is going, I hope Carolina calls me. (laughs) Right. Right. And you know, it's, it's funny. We interviewed, um, you know, Jamison Reese is another one of those guys who's here with the Carolina organization. And I, you know, I give again, coach Bannister credit and captain Matthew Pekka because they got three of them. It's, it's Coughlin, Ryan Suzuki and Jamison Reese, not part of the organization. And from what I gather, they just, they've been accepted as if they're their own, you know? Um, and I almost maybe more so because you know that they're not competing with you directly. Like right. I'm trying to get called up to St. Louis. You're trying to get called to Carolina. You scratch my back. I'll scratch yours kind of thing. Um, but I think the big thing is, is the top line of Walker, Gaudet and Pekka was just crushing it and they were really uh, complimenting each other well but none of the those are three again like you say four a guys or or veterans that aren't with the young guys on the ice really and so now that again walker's up i think that having these you know i i love the, the move tonight i'd like to see how it, it plays out and yeah i got the game I'll, I'll be watching it later on but i'd love to see how bull duke does with you put the 20 year old with the 29 and the 30 year old let's see what happens you know um i think that's what they need to do is really mix in those veterans with the young guys now have have peck and Godet been playing together all season like don't wouldn't wouldn't you think that there would be some benefit to stretching them out throughout the lineup and kind of having that depth throughout uh, yeah, um, uh, it's not, it hasn't been though, like it's been those in, you know, God at Peck and Walker was the line and now Walker, we're not going to see again. So, um, you know, the, the like Huma gang, Huma gang is a guy that I, nobody even really talks about. And he actually got called up and I think played a couple games for St. Louis as well. And he's a St. Louis native. Um, but he's a, he's a fantastic, solid second, second line guy. And he's probably 20 you know, mid twenties. So he's like, this is his third or fourth year in Springfield. So he gets it. He's undersized, great personality, fast can shoot. Um, I don't think there's that concern of like, well, if we top load the front line then we have nothing else, I think that they have the quality of players down there. They just all have to, I think, play to their potential. And, you know, one thing to keep in mind here too, is that last year they had Martin Furk who went to Switzerland went home to Switzerland to play and Matthew Highmore who is now in Belleville and I think they were both all-stars last year but they I think they scored 45 goals combined so you know you're replacing them with a couple of 20 year olds so 
Which, you got to find that production somewhere, you yeah, know. Good for the depth of the organization when you're replacing them with younger, you know, talent. But that that's a that's a good issue for the Blues. Not that's a bad that's a big problem for Springfield. But right. you know that's also you know kind of the, the debate of how 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 much are we trying to win versus how much are we trying to develop, and and that's the advantage in of the national hockey league where there's, you know, there's this, the famous saying, the NHL is not a developmental league. Well, right. the difference is the AHL is. So right. as much as you want to win, you have to find that balance. And, you know, we talk about it on, on what's brewing between with Providence and Boston all the time. And obviously you get to see a lot of Providence guys as well, because they come to town yep. and, um, you know, we, we can talk a little bit more about that, but first we'll go to a, a break and we'll we'll come back and we'll talk some NHL action because um, some some big stuff has recently gone down there. So we'll we'll throw it over to a commercial real quick and uh, we'll come back and go over some of that. How's that sound? Perfect. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Bruins got four games this week on the road trip, so definitely get into the action now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. All right. Welcome back to Puck Off. I'm your host, Chris Nozick, joined, as I mentioned before, by Steve Forney, the PA announcer for the American Hockey League's Springfield Thunderbirds. And uh, Steve, now that we're back from the break, I did want to ask you, we had a major blockbuster deal go down in the NHL. And it, it just obviously I know how much you watch hockey. It's not just the Thunderbirds for you. So. Obviously, we see Cutter Gautier go to Anaheim, Jamie Drysdale in a second go to Philly. What was your thoughts when we saw that go come across your phone as a deal that just happened? Well, uh, first of all, I don't, there's a part of me that doesn't like um, rewarding moody players. Like to me, Cutter Gautier just comes off as like it's Philly, man. It's a great hockey market. They're always like Philly's very rarely in the basement. Like they're all they're 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 always somewhere in the mix. And it's not like you're shunning the Columbus Blue Jackets. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're shunning the a, a, a historic franchise 
with great leadership. I mean, Danny Briere is young and energetic and smart and knows the game. And, and you're just, your agent's not even going to bother talking to him at the world. Like, like the nerve of you, you know, you're, you're whatever, what are you 18, 19, 20? Like, come on. Um, so I, I, I was annoyed by that. It makes me just, it just brings me back to being a kid and watching Eli Manning hold up the San Diego chargers Jersey, the draft and be like, daddy, find me a trade. I don't want to play here. Like, it's just, I, I, I really don't like that. So, um, I, I credit Danny Breer for, again, this didn't, this was never like a big story and you know how word spreads in the Boston sports media. Oh like if this was happening with a Bruins player, we would have been, it would have been wall to wall coverage for a month and a half. I don't think there was ever even word about this in, in Philly. I, so, I think the so, most that got out was, yeah, they're, they're, they're just kind of awkward with each other. Like things are weird, yeah. but eh, it's year one or year two. Like, Eh, think these things have a way of working themselves out. Well, this one worked its way out of town. So, yeah, and and it the fact that it from the NHL's perspective and the media came out of nowhere, quote unquote, like that's a credit to I think the front office in Philadelphia to to keep their business in house and yet still be able to put off a tr- pull off a trade that I mean it wasn't perfect, no, but I'll take Jamie Drysdale. I mean yeah. I know he's hurt a lot, but I'll take that guy in a second round pick. Absolutely, hell yeah. Um, so they kind of need some defense down in Philly, definitely, (laughs) especially a puck mover. Yeah. And someone who's, you know, I haven't seen the number, but I guess a relatively cheap for at least another season, if not more than that. So, you know, I, I, I think that's a, that's a, and a guy that by by the way, when he's not cheap anymore, uh, worth locking up. I mean, you know, so, um, I I think that it, it was a best case scenario for Philly, um, just based on their situation that again, I think was out of their control. I mean, I don't know what the problem was from his perspective with Philly, but, um, knowing getting ahead of what could have potentially been a problem and making the deal, I think is huge. And Anaheim to me is still going to Anaheim. I mean, they have loads of talent over there and yet they have nothing to show for it between, you know, um, you know, uh, well, and and, and that yeah, Leo, the poor Leo Carlson, Carlson got hurt, but I mean, you know, him and Zegers and, and nothing to show. Yeah, Troy Terry, and I yeah. mean, it, they're what we say, what Andrew and I say about Buffalo's, they're a year away from being a year away. Well, Anaheim's more like two two years away from being a year and a half away. Like, right? Yeah, it, it's there, but I mean, Jamie's Drysdale's on the first year of a three year contract for two point three million dollars. Oh, what a win! That's that's a huge win for them. I mean, I would this year I would staple them to like Mark Stahl and be like left, right, go learn from him. Yep. Like learn from. I mean, of of all the defensemen to learn from, Mark Stahl is not one of the worst ones that you could. Oh, totally agree. Especially I can, like I can really benefit him. Yeah. You know, and and then you still have Sanheim, Ristolainen, Sean Walker, Cam York, like. They're they're gonna be okay defensively. And you know, with Bobby Brink coming up and Owen Tippett catching on, I mean, some of these younger guys in Philly are making it so you can move on from a guy who hasn't even signed an ELC yet. Right. And is already becoming a, a an issue internally. And I mean, is Anaheim gonna be the new uh Buffalo? Like they might be, or is Buffalo the new Anaheim? But I mean, 
you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's so true. And, and I mean, a, a guy that, that I, mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to play in. And again, I I hate Philly. Let's be honest. I hate the Flyers. But like, why wouldn't you yeah, want to go play in that line? I hate Philly. Right. <laughs> but like, but if I, if the Flyers called your name at the draft, you're gonna sit there and be like, all of a sudden, Philly ain't that bad. Right. Right. No, no it's a good, it's good market. Eight hundred thousand dollars to play, and then a few million after that. Once I show you what I okay, Philly really ain't that bad anymore. Again, you're not stuck in Manitoba, and you're not playing in Columbus. You know you're in a you're in a damn good market. So I don't know a moody moody player. I you know I'm I'm good on those guys. I, I'm if, if you're being moody at 19 about playing for a staple NHL franchise, then I don't it, care what your talent is. I'm good. It almost screams addition by subtraction long term. Now doesn't mean he's not talented, but it's just a matter of like how is he going to be in the locker room? What's he going to be like? you know, on the ice. And if this is going to be one of your, your leaders going forward, uh, you know, I, I would hope to get him in front of guys like Zilverberg and uh, Henrik as soon as possible, because you really, you know, you need guys like that to be able to kind of shift them and be like, that's not how this league works. Like you can be unhappy somewhere and ask to move out. But I mean, I do think some of it comes from, we don't know why he didn't want to be there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I would hope for his sake that he's hanging around with Adam Henrique and not Trevor Zegers. Because if you ask me who I think the number one, priss, number one prissier, holier than thou, my bleep doesn't stink. It's Trevor Zegers. I mean, and we saw when he plays the Bruins and he picks fights with Trent Frederick and from what I, you know, it says really inappropriate stuff, but never fights anybody. He just stirs the pot and then runs away. God, you hope that that he's he's avoiding Trevor Zegers at all costs and staying with Adam Henrique, especially if he's already got an attitude problem. Still not as bad as Nick Cousins down in Florida. Oh God, that guy is so punchable. Oh, is, yeah. is he is he the number one most disliked player and amongst NHL players? I mean, I don't know who would. I was just say amongst players probably, but I think amongst fans, I, I think Brad Marchand still takes that one. That's probably true. Just be well. I think part of it with Marshan too is because like he pisses people off because he's also so good. Right, right. Because not yeah, only not cousin's only, got a quarter of that skill. Yeah, and not only will he piss you off and get underneath your skin, two seconds later he's gonna put the puck in on the power play because you you took a swing at him and you're and now you're like, fuck, you got me here and here. Whereas Nick Cousins, he'll get you in the box and all of a sudden Matt Kachuk will go in and score. And you're like, all right, right. well. Sucks we gave up the goal, but at least it wasn't to him. <laughs> yeah. And even like a guy like Radko Gudis, who I think players don't like, but he's been around so many guys and so many players and shown that he can be a successful player that people are like, well, he's not that bad anymore. You know, one of those, I hate, I hate playing against him, but I love playing with him, you know? So, well, exactly. And that's what people will say about Martian. Whereas with Nick Cousins, the guy just plays cheap shots. He's had like three or four instances this year alone and um, he threw the guy, the kid in the boards uh, from Arizona, and the name blanks on me. Yeah, me too. Then, it was Zucker. I know it was Zucker that hit him. Oh, yeah, it was Minnesota. And then Zucker comes in and, you know, justifiably, not to say that he doesn't deserve his three games, but you give Zucker three games and, you know, Cousins gets nothing. Why? Because he acted like he was dead. Yeah. And like, I think it was, was it Matt Boldy. It might have been Matt Boldy. It was either uh, it was one of their young up and comers yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, it was like Boldy. It wasn't Hartman. Um, it wasn't Dewar. I don't. I, I, I know the name as soon as I saw it, but yeah, it just. That's just like, what are you doing? You and, know? As a team, and as a team in Minnesota, I'll bet everybody's really thrilled. I talk about passing the hat around. You got to assume they're passing the hat around for Jason Zucker. Like, oh yeah, oh, that yeah. locker room has got to be proud as hell of that guy. Oh, for sure. And and that literally will be the the thing that gets him to sign somewhere else because people want to play for him. Right. Imagine him on the same team as Nick Cousins next year. That wouldn't go over very well. <laughs> so, Can't imagine that would go well. But the the conversation we were talking about with Gaudier, though, I, it did get me. I wanted to ask you, who would you rather be today? The Anaheim Ducks or the Buffalo Sabres? Uh, I would, I would choose Buffalo. Um, I think, I don't think the goaltending is as good, but I think on the whole, when you know that you have, I mean, you have Darlene, you have Owen power. Who's again, you got to hope you lock that guy up for 20 years. You still have veterans that know what they're doing between Skinner and, you know, even Jordan Greenway. Um, if you could take the city and the past out of it, because Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres is like where you go to die. You know what I mean? Like if, if you put them in two random cities, I would rather have, I'd rather be Buffalo, but it is the Buffalo Sabres. And I would, I, but I'd rather, I don't know. I, I'd rather have Buffalo's reputation than Toronto's <laughs> yes, rather have Toronto's roster, but I'd rather be Buffalo's. Well, Toronto reputation. just called back up Ilya Samsonov. I, who knows when he's going to get another start, but. It's funny because the day they signed Martin Jones, Andrew and I were joking about it. I said, savior to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Martin Jones just got, you know, and it's funny because they structured his contract with the $100,000 bonus so no one would want to claim him all waivers. And it fucking worked. <sighs> I, know. I know. It worked. For now. Yeah, for now. I mean, I wouldn't, we'll see what Sam Sonoff looks like and. I mean, right now they are just trying to hold things together with, you know, duct tape and glue until Joseph Wall gets back. Yeah. But it, it's – and they have talent down in the American Hockey League too. Yes, they do. Okay. Yeah, Toronto, Toronto, the, the Marlies have a nice little squad there. And and they've always sort of been kind of loaded. But, I mean, again, then then you go out and you spend uh, a king's fortune on, on William Nylander and, you know, Mitch Marner's coming up. So yep. you can invest all that money in Tavares and Nylander and Matthews and Marner. And then what, like you and I are playing third line minutes because that's all they can afford. I mean, eventually you're going to run out of space. I think, I think they let uh, Tavares walk. I, I don't think they re up them. I, I, there's a lot of talk in, in Toronto, like areas where they think that he'll take a, you know, smaller amount, like a $4 million client. I think they're just going to look at it and go, we're out from this albatross. We have three other ones, and we still need defense. I mean, they they have to hope that a tandem of Hildeby and Joseph Wall are good enough next year. And we were talking about Buffalo. You, you mentioned the goaltending. I really – like, that is a shining example of what happens when your goaltender is called up too soon. Devin Levi should have spent this entire season in the American Hockey League getting action down there because the wins and loss wouldn't matter. Right. And, and coming up next year, I know we've talked about it with Mark 
on on prior shows plenty of times. The American Hockey League, being the developmental league, is you know it it doesn't hurt to be there for a year. It's okay. It's not Siberia, right? And like, at least in my opinion, um, Devin Levi is what happens when you get called up too soon. And we're going to see in, in Hildeby what happens when you get called up, hopefully on time. Because I don't think it hurt him to sit on the bench and back up Martin Jones. But I, I do think if he had gone in and had a bad game, you could have really ruined that kid. Yeah. Well, and in, in Buffalo, I mean, what's the worst case scenario of making, you know, Yuho Pekka Lukanen like your main guy? And I mean, they, they, they do still have Devin Cooley. Um, you, you have Dustin Tokarski, who's the veteran. Eric Comrie's played on practically every team in the league. And, yeah. and, and, you know, you have the kid in Devin Cooley. So, you know, if you're, if you're putting out there Lukanen and, and Dustin Tokarski, which again, it's not great, but you can save Devin Levi and you can play him down there with Cooley. I didn't say Logan Cooley, right? It's Devin Cooley. Um, um Yeah. Um, Logan Cooley's in Arizona. Logan's in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, trying to save those goaltenders as best you can, and and you know, that's that's. I mean, that's one of the things Springfield did last year, and with St. Louis is they St. Louis knew Joel Hofer was going to be really good, and so they wanted to make sure that they were set at the NHL level to make sure Hofer got the starts down here, and he had a great year, and now he's backing up Jordan Bennington. So, um, you know, that that's sort of to me the track you want to follow. Yeah, for sure. And Bennington is a, a name that comes up around the, the deadline for some goaltending needy teams. Obviously, his contract is, you know, going to kind of restrict some of that. But, I mean, you know, you 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 moved him up, and now you have – I'm going to butcher his name. Vadim – is it Zarenko? Zarenko, yeah. Vadim Zarenko. What's that? Is he a rookie this year for you guys? He's not. He was last year. Um, sort of came out of nowhere. Didn't really have a lot of, um, reputation or, or, you know, was just sort of another young guy and, and really, really played well in his time last year. And even this year it's been, well, at least up until about a week ago, it was literally every other game, Subban Zarenko, Subban Zarenko. And the two of them have played really, really well. Their goals against are almost identical. Their save percentage is almost identical. The wins and losses aren't really identical, but um, funny. I know I can think of another team that does almost the same exact thing and has almost the same exact results. Well, wow. all right. So the question everybody wants to know, because I have, I guess I'm in the minority on this. Do you want the Bruins to go with two goalies in the playoffs? Um, I, yes, because I want whoever's healthier to be able to get the start. Now, I know around here, you know, there's certain radio personalities that are hell-bent on it has to be this or it has to be that. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, it doesn't. Like, I clearly last year they made a mistake not making the move to Swayman sooner. I think most people knew Linus Olmark had an injury. Obviously, we didn't know the extent of it. And we really still don't because that was kept hush-hush when the season ended. But we could all just see something's wrong. Why don't you go to the other guy? And I do think what one of the things that Montgomery learned last year was when to make the decision himself. 
because I think last year he leaned very heavily, not just on the goaltenders and, you know, Bob Asenza, but on the other players. We, we heard about Nick Felino making comments in the locker room all the time. Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron. Yep. And, and that's not to say he was wrong for doing that. It's just now he has a better read of the room. You know, Patrice Bergeron's not there. I, I do think there was a little bit of almost crutch. Like, I'm leaning this way, but let me talk to Bergie about it and see. And I'm going to defer to what he thinks. And I mean, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just, there's no doubt that that was, the, Montgomery was not the leader of the team last year. It was Bergeron. And I think if last year's team was year three or four for Montgomery, he might be more willing to to say, well, this is what I want to do. And so this is what I'm going to do. But being so young, uh, you know, so new in that room that already had so much veteran presence, like yeah. you said, he leaned on the other guys. And I think, and, and goalie Bob too, who's been around forever. So I, I, yeah, and think about it. Like Jake DeBrusque is more veteran in that Boston locker room than Jim Montgomery is. Right. Yeah. And you know, it just like when you, th- when you position it that way, you know, every single person in that locker room had more tenure than Jim Montgomery, less two people. Yeah. So, yeah. of course, he's not going to come in and throw chairs and and do all this other stuff and, and you know, make people sit there and go, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Right. Right. So, you know, I I, I mean, he's even admitted he, he should have gone to him last year. So, yeah, I want to see the two goaltending system. But also, you got to remember that if you go up 3-0 in a series, it doesn't matter who you start in game four, because if you win, you're going to have almost a week off. Right. You're going to have time off because the other series have to catch up to you. So, you know, I mean, right now we have to really see kind of what happens with Allmark with his injury. We didn't get any update on it today, which I doubt we'll even really get much of an update until, let's see, today's what, Wednesday? So they play tomorrow, Thursday. And then we probably won't get an update till Saturday just because they're on the road trip They're, You know, they'll probably fly Bussy out to be there and um, it'll just be, yep. Emergency recall of Brandon Bussy. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if, uh, if Omar gets to start on Saturday, like he's supposed to. I, I mean, I'm to the point where why bother? I, I just like, like, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but you're on the road. You're out West. These aren't critical points against critical teams that you're playing. You already have first place. What could go wrong by playing a guy like Bussy? Give him a start. Give him an NHL start. The kid's been great down in Providence. What's the harm against, uh, you know, whoever they, who are they playing? Minnesota, LA? Was it, you know, what's uh, it matter? Saturday reality? is, um, it's, it's LA, LA, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Like West coast swing. Yeah. So, so, you know, you're, you're out there anyway. Uh, you're not going to get the criticism because most Bruins fans are going to be asleep, even though it's a Saturday night game. So, you know, if it's a 1030 start, you play Bussy, see what happens. I mean, give the reason would be twofold to give Allmark a couple more days rest and to to give Bussy the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, um, if he's out long term, then it's a different question. But right. I mean, if it's, it, you know, it just it looks like hopefully just, uh, you know, I've tweaked my back before doing way less right right yeah <laughs> you know out for a week okay i'll take it you have then a game on uh monday i think and wednesday and friday next week like it's it's not a light schedule but when you're going every other this is also you know if you give bussy the saturday game 
that it allows you to see, okay, Swayman gets Monday, Wednesday, Friday. How does he look in that Friday game on his third day or on his third game in six days? Because that's the playoff schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I, I will say just real quick on the playoff rotation of goalies. And this is sort of something I've always sort of, this is what my thought process was last year. It's like, like in baseball, like 20 years ago, you needed a starter that could throw 140 pitches in a playoff game. Now you don't, the starter goes what four innings and then they bring in like 15 more guys. Right. (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't either. I hate it. But like in basketball, it used to be get a big post player and throw it in and dominate the glass. Now all they do is chuck up three pointers in, in football. It used to be big, stiff quarterbacks that could chuck the ball. Now you need mobile guys that can run around. So my point is over the course of whatever, 10, 15, 20 years, the games change. And to think, well, you know, Patrick Waugh and, you know, Mike Vernon, they played every game. It's like, well, cool. The 90s, unfortunately, were a long-ass time ago. Maybe this is the new trend in hockey to where the goaltenders are so damn good. And the Bruins aren't the only team that have three, maybe four legitimate goaltenders in their system. Everybody does. So this, this concept of, well, I have one guy that has to play every single playoff game, to me, is too old. It's too old. It's it's nobody's tried it. I'd like to see it work. And I say nobody's tried it. Colorado won the cup. They played they played two goalies, I think. They played Um, multiple guys. Yeah. um, They played five guys. Vegas did. uh, Florida did when they beat us. You know, they had started Alex Lyon. Yeah. So, you know, having one goalie to me is just not enough in the playoffs. And and I would rather have it be organized like game one, game two, game three. We'll see about game four and see where we're at. I'd rather have an actual schedule that's more accustomed to the regular season than just, all right, buddy, now it's your turn. And again, since Allmark hasn't really won anything in the playoffs, I think it's even more important. Yeah, and and you're guaranteed to play four games. So you guarantee one guy two games and one guy one game. And if the guy who gets one, so let's say Swayman's your starter going into the playoffs because he's had the better year so far. If he goes into game one and he pitches a shutout or he, you know, gives up one goal on, you know, they're giving up shots like crazy. So on 43 shots and and he's showing he's there, you can look at him and go, you know what? We'll give you game two. And then if he comes out in game three and two and he gives up, you know, three goals in seven minutes, that's when you go, our bad. Come back on the bench. We're, we're going to make the switch now. Like, because it's still just like in a regular season, an opportunity to kind of boost the, you know, change things up, send a message to the guys on the ice. It, it's still there. And and I, I just don't think he's going to be as hesitant to pull that trigger and and go with, okay, well, last game you looked like dog shit. So we're, we're going to go with him for now. Like, right. just take the extra day. And, and he even talked about it. it. The grind is mental and physical. And they're going, like, you go down in the butterfly 50 times a day. See how that makes your body feel. Let them recover. I'm not against it. So. And 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 having the players in front of him be confident, whichever goalie, like be confident in the guy that's your last line of defense. And if it's like, well, that guy's just in because the other guy sucked. Well, that's not very confident. If you're if you have two goalies consistently consistently rolling, it's almost like you don't worry about it. You're a defenseman. Yeah. And you're like, whoever's back there, we got this. Yeah, we got and, this. And that mentality goes a long way, especially in the in the postseason. So, hundred percent. And and to your point, a lot of teams have goaltending depth that goes two, three, four deep, and and the ones that don't, like 
for instance, infamously Tampa Bay. Andre Vasilevsky, though, has proven that he can do, you know, 58, 62 starts in a season and still be good to go for 25 games in the playoffs when he's healthy. But now that he's not, he hasn't been healthy, Tampa Bay looks like dog shit overall. They're not the same. They look like you can puncture them. Right. And teams have. And, and why isn't he healthy? Because he's been playing 62 games a year and then long playoff series for the last, like, whatever, nine, the last decade. So it's like he's got more miles on the tires than any other goalie in the league, and that's why he can't stay healthy. So it's like, you know, I think his breed is is the minority, not the majority in terms of how often they play. And yeah, I think the last guy to do it like that was Henrik Lundqvist, you know, and, yeah. and I – I think the Lundqvist and the Vasilevskis playing 60 games a year. I think that's, I think that's going off to the wayside. Yeah. I think Connor Hellebuck might be the last one that we see kind of that out. And even then, as he gets two, three, four years into this new contract, if I'm Winnipeg, I'm starting to look, I'm trying to cut that workload back because he's already pushing 30 and the amount of miles on his tires. I mean, granted, if you get one cup, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Because that's all anybody cares about. But at the same time, that's the kind of goaltender who can lead you to three, four, five cups. Yep. Over eight years, maybe two. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, well, and that, you know, playing out there out west, it's tough out there too. They got a tough ass division out there. Any final thoughts? I know uh, we're running a little late on time for you. Again, appreciate you jumping on here. Yeah, no problem. And uh, like I said, always, always fun to talk hockey at any level, but. Now that the uh, the Thunderbirds have given us some media credentials here, I will be seeing you at a lot more games, and we, we'll have a lot more specific players that we can talk about uh, the next time you come on. But, again, shout out. Thank you again for coming on. Any final thoughts at NHL stuff, AHL stuff, uh, PWHL stuff? Any final <laughs> thoughts that you got before we wrap it up? Well, well, PWHL, thank you to the Boston team for reaching out to me to be the, your PA announcer. Unfortunately, I had to decline just because I got too much stuff going on. And out here, I can't drive to Lowell on school nights as a teacher. It's just too much to ask. But I do appreciate the offer. It was very humbling. Um, and if you don't mind, I'd just like to, first of all, whenever you come to Springfield, let me know. I'll, I'll tell you where all the good places to eat are. Um, uh, but just a shameless plug, if I could, uh, we do have our own thunderbirds podcast for those who want to dive deep it's uh shake rattle and goal uh so we're on youtube spotify uh apple podcasts and it was there was just no springfield hockey talk at all and when i worked in radio i would have my own sports show and i would talk about it and then pandemic came and they laid me off and there was a huge void there so we we started it up you know just like just like you guys do here and um it's going really well we got sponsors and good feedback and and we're kind of rocking and rolling. So if anybody wants more AHL Springfield hockey talk, uh, shake, rattle and goal, that's the spot. Me and my buddy, Matt Baker. So uh, feel free to check us out. Absolutely. I've been, I've been tuning in, listening to it. It's, it's, you know, solid, it's, you know, solid 40 minutes to an hour of Springfield hockey talk and nerdy know, stuff. Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's we're hockey nerds. That's what we love. Yeah. About it. I can do this all night. Yep. <laughs> Although I that's probably it. would get killed. So, you know, but, uh, again, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on, and I look forward to seeing you at the next game I'm able to make it out for. My pleasure, Chris. Anytime. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. And everyone else can just puck off. 